The True Crime Society podcast contains adult themes and violence and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. It is Thursday, August 3rd, and we're just chilling. We just recorded a mini Patreon episode with a few little updates, so that was fun. If you guys don't follow us yet on Patreon, please do if you're into it. If not, that's okay, too, because we're still here doing our regular episodes. Just to like clarify again, I just want everyone to be clear that this won't change. The podcast will still be exactly the same. The Patreon is just a little bit different than kind of a chat about some crimes that have happened in the week. Um, very casual, very laid back, whereas this is kind of more of a story that we do each week, essentially. We tell the story every week. We're only a few weeks in, so it is kind of exciting. And it's exciting for us too because, you know, every our episodes are kind of structured around cases that there is a lot of information on because we need to be able to speak about it for an hour whereas on patreon we can just you know if there's something that only has a little bit of information we can just chat about it quickly so it's a good little fun it's nice to be able to talk about other stuff chat time so if you want to hear us chat uh there's a timestamp in the episode description but i don't even have that much to like chat about i was trying to think and i was like my life's so boring lately (laughs) or just like depressing and i want to bring everyone down (laughs) we are doing a big double recording session today because i'm going away next weekend with my book club friends um so that's one little exciting thing we are doing one night we're doing a murder mystery night which i've never ever done Oh, like a party yeah so everyone's got a character i'm a doctor so i have to i've ordered a stethoscope of like sheen or wish or something (laughs) oh that's so cool I have to find a um, white coat somewhere, but yeah. So everyone's got a character, a character. to play, and I like I don't actually know how it's going to work. So we're, we've organised because we're, where we're going is quite remote. Like there's no we can't get food ordered in or whatever. So we've organised like a three course dinner, and we're going to do that and have the murder mystery on the second night. So that'll be fun. Is like a company comes in and does it? No, or I think they. Are, actually, like, I think you actually buy it, so you can. Yeah, you buy the pack. So one of the other yeah. girls has organized it. So I'm not, I'll, I will, I will come back and report on how it works. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted to try one, but I get nervous doing anything new because I have anxiety, social anxiety. So <laughs> you'll have to tell me exactly how it is. Then maybe I'll I feel will. brave enough to do it. Even like in, as part of the pack, you get an invite. Um, I, I should have had it with me. And anyway, I'll talk about it next time when we do our update episode. But yeah, it should, it's interesting. It's very well planned out and well thought out. So I'm looking forward to it. Fun. You should find mm. out what the company is and get them to mm. sponsor us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Send them an email. <laughs> yeah, be like, hey, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, with me, really not a lot going on. I know I said like my life's depressing, but it's really, it's it's not. I didn't want to make it sound that grim. <laughs> but just the same old, same old. My job is still being shitty and annoying. My cats are still shitty and annoying. <laughs> Just kidding. are you more fulfilled now you're married? Have you decided? <laughs> oh, it's actually our two month anniversary. Oh, there you go. Two months of being fulfilled. Um, no, it's funny. It literally feels exactly the same. And this is my big fuck you. No, not fuck you, but kind of a fuck you to like all the older people, like boomers and stuff. Who are like, when you get married, you're gonna see it's gonna be so different. 
Like I feel like in the days six years. In the days before people used to live together, it would have been a massive change. But now if you like literally not one thing changes when you get married aside from having the piece of paper, that's it. If you have lived together for long and you know, it's just Yeah. I feel no different. The only thing that was different is I married into good health insurance finally because I've had no <laughs> health insurance for years it seems like but that's it mm, well that's good not to brag about my health insurance <laughs> like what a luxury <laughs> um still didn't see Barbie still oh. planning to go <laughs> I um I was telling you guys that my daughter had to write a speech for school and the, the topic that they all had to speak about even the male children was girls can do anything so she Ooh. wrote about a whole bunch of different things and then I was like so you gotta it has to be a bit longer what else are you gonna write about she's like I think I'll just write about Barbie and I think I'll write about how Barbie has 200 jobs and Ken only has one which is beach <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness I can't even imagine what this teacher has to listen to so <laughs> I would love to hear the rest of them like the boys and stuff <laughs> she's so funny like when she was doing this speech she like wrote some cute little things like, well, you might think that girls can't do anything. Well, I'm here to tell you they can, you know, stuff like that. It's very cute. <laughs> very, very Jame. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cute. So one other, we were just talking um, quickly before about how the full moon, this has been a really extra full moon. Everyone's crazy. Everyone's losing their minds. My husband went away last night for the night. He went to a work function, stayed at a hotel. And when he got up this morning to go down to his car in the parking garage, someone has stomped on the windscreen. You can see the footprints on the bonnet. They've stomped the glass of the windscreen. It was basically undrivable. He did have to drive it a little bit down to when, when he called the insurance, like the only way we can fix it today is to, if you take it to this place. So he drove it. But imagine, I just can't even imagine doing that. Imagine it, having it in your head. that that And that is the right thing to do. And apparently there was a whole bunch of cars that were done in the same parking garage. So someone's gone on a rampage and destroyed all these cars of other people. It's just horrible and sickening. Like it just makes you feel sick. I I still it has to be someone on drugs to just I think so surely. Like and when he when he when he first when he first sent me a photo, I'm like, oh my God, like maybe someone hates him. But then when he told me that yeah. it was a whole bunch of cars like I know it's bad, but at least it's not targeted. It's just a random psycho. But even like I just think imagine how scary that you are in the community with these people every day. Even like, you know, you would never, like Rex Human, you would never ever know that you just sometimes can mingle with these people who are crazy. I know. I thought that with him a lot too because the video of him like being arrested, he's just out walking in the streets around all these people. It's like they don't going know he's to, a serial killer. <laughs> going to networking events and, you know. Uh. I think I don't know if I've told the story on here before, but when I was growing up, where I live, um, there aren't there isn't a massive homeless population that's kind of I don't know. I don't know why there just isn't. Anyway, there was always one man that everyone knew and everyone, you know, thought that he was choosing to live um, you know, he apparently he had a house and he was choosing not to live in it. Everyone kind of knew him around the community and everyone thought he was harmless. And then it came out a few years later that he actually murdered, abducted and murdered a child. And, oh and he was just out there in the open for everyone for years and years and years. That's crazy. So, yeah, things like that are crazy. I think the only criminal murderer that I crossed paths with probably, not even for sure, but I'm just assuming is Adam Lanza because in that the Sandy Hook shooter for those who mm-hmm. don't know off the top of their head but he would 
play Dance Dance Revolution like obsessively every weekend at the movie theater. And that's like the movie theater I would always go to. So I remember people playing DDR, but not like specifically him. Like I didn't look that closely, but just it lines up where like I definitely probably would have crossed paths with him if he was there every weekend during that time. Because, you know, I'd go to the movies when I was younger. What else is there to do? Mm. But that was before he was like a child maniac. Yeah. 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 So, you know, everyone just look around, (laughs) take it all in. Yeah. Look at all the peeps and be like, they could be, they could have someone locked in their basement right now. <laughs> that was another crazy one that came out this week. Some guy had abducted a sex worker. Then he built like a cinder block cell in his garage and trapped her in there and she escaped. And they think they've connected this guy to four other sexual assaults in different states and that they think that there's more victims. Did you see the pictures of the room? It's so yes. sketchy. It's like a horror movie. It's like in his garage and it's just cinder block walls with a door. But he had like a wife and kid. Like how everyone with Rex Huberman's like, yeah, how'd they yeah. not know? I don't know. Like he didn't, I don't know if he didn't have a girl trapped in there when they were there, most likely. This was in his garage that he just had a girl imprisoned. Yeah, so it's weird. crazy what people can get away with and no one knows. Yeah. So maybe more info will come out about that one and we can talk about it more but it's it's a new story as of right now so before we get on with the rest of the story today's episode is sponsored by care of care of is a subscription service that ships high quality personalized vitamins supplements and powders conveniently to your door every month care of also helps to track your wellness progress through their thoughtfully designed companion app Health should be personal and Care-of takes the guesswork out of what supplements are best suited for you and your goals. You can take a short, in-depth quiz about your lifestyle and health goals for a personalized, doctor-backed recommendation. Care-of makes taking your vitamins on the go this summer so convenient with individual daily packs that are perfect for travel. Care-of's daily vitamin packs are made with plant-based compostable film to help limit the impact on the environment without compromising on quality and safety of their products. I've had care of for a couple months now and the biggest thing to me is the convenience because I am not a morning person. I give myself basically no time to get ready. I have to do everything right down to the last second. It sounds silly, but having to open all these various pill bottles to get out each vitamin in the morning, that would take way too much time for me. I can't be doing that. So I love with care of that they come all together in a little packet. I can just take one packet as I'm walking out the door and bring it with me. It takes literally one second. And for people like me, that's what we need. So for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter the code TCS50. For 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code TCS50. Um... Today, we're going to talk about cyber crimes, which is a little different for us. I th- came across this one story and I thought it was so insane. I didn't know how I hadn't even heard of it before because it involves a very large company called eBay. <laughs> that everyone in the world knows. <laughs> yeah. And this story is like insane. But yeah, I'll be interested to see if other people have really heard much about it. So we're going to talk about the one story where eBay tried to ruin the lives of two bloggers, basically. And then we're going to talk about the case of Nate Bronstein, who was a teen that committed suicide after being bullied a lot online. So a little different topics for us, but... I feel like it's something that is just 
on their increase as you know there's more and more social media more and more kind of apps and things that people can use to communicate anonymously it's just mm-hmm. something that is at the forefront of a lot of people's minds especially probably those with teenagers and kids on social media yeah and i mean i've been like a victim of cyberbullying and bullying in general just with social media it makes it so much worse cuz it's like there's there's no escape. It's always on. It's not like back in the day when you'd get bullied at school, but then you got to go home. Yeah. This is like it's always, always a way for someone to find you now. Yeah. Or talk about you or just be posting about you. You, you can't like shut it off. Yeah. Cyberstalking is the use of the internet or other electronic means to stalk or harass an individual, group, or organization. It may include false accusations, defamation, slander, libel. It may also include monitoring, identity theft, threats, vandalism, solicitation for sex, doxing, or blackmail. Um, there's different types of cyberstalking, such as stalking by strangers, gender-based stalking, stalking of intimate partners, stalking of celebrities or public people, stalking by anonymous online groups, and corporate cyberstalking. So I guess this eBay one is corporate cyberstalking, yeah. but they also called it cyberterrorism because it was so insane. A book on surviving the loss of a spouse, a funeral wreath. Your neighbors received pornography that was addressed to David. Did it cross your mind at any point that eBay could be behind this? No. It was a psychopath. It, it, who, who could devise these torturous packages and, and, and the depravity? The messages, if you read the language, I, I never in a million years would have thought it was a company. One package even allegedly contained this disturbing mask from the movie Saw. This is the mask the killer wears right before he kidnaps, um, tortures, and kills his victim. At one point, they say eBay employees attempted to place a tracking device on their car. So there is a married couple named Ina and David Steiner. They're from Natick, Massachusetts, and they run a website called ecommercebytes.com. Ina does most of the reporting for the site, and then David handles the business side of it. So some information about their business, Ecommerce Bytes is an online newsletter, an e-commerce trade publication founded in 1999 four years after eBay was founded. So I've got the website open at the moment. It's still going. It's still very current. Like they've got articles from August 2nd. Is eBay's fixation with enthusiast buyers paying off? They're all written by Ina or David. It's like a quite basic website. It just looks like a, you know, a blog essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like a fancy, you know, super fancy website or anything like that, but it's still online, ecommercebytes.com if you want to have a look. It was initially called Auction Bytes. And the website offered advice to buyers in the early days of internet commerce. In the years after its founding, the website became a resource for sellers on a number of platforms from Etsy to Amazon, kind of trade publication for anyone whose business is selling items online. It's read primarily by sellers, but also some corporate staff, including some who post comments on the website. The website doesn't only offer advice, but also critiques of corporate and policy changes at eBay and other e-commerce platforms. Um, The website has around 600,000 readers. Ina and David say that most of the readers are people who sell on sites like eBay and Amazon, but many executives who work in e-commerce also have the site on their radar as well to see what's being said about their companies. So in January 2019, a hedge fund called Elliott Management purchased a significant investment in eBay. 
After this happened, they sent a letter to its board of directors requesting changes, such as replacing the CEO, saying that eBay, as a public company investment, has underperformed both its peers and the market for a prolonged period of time. So the purchase of the investment led to stress within the company to produce better results. So it's also basically wild, everyone was stressed out. <laughs> wild to me. This only happened in 2019. So it's not like it happened in the early days of the internet. It was literally a few years ago. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. I like heard nothing about this when I was going on really. And I it's not like 2019 was that long ago. I spent a fair yeah. amount of time online. I know I was writing continually about eBay at the time. And in April 2019, she reported that eBay's then CEO, Devin Wenig, was paid 152 times more than the typical eBay employee. Yikes. Steve Weimer, who was eBay's chief communications officer at the time, read the article and said that eBay was going to, quote, crush this lady. The CEO, Devin Wenig, also told Steve via text regarding Ina, take her down. Steve went to the head of eBay security, Jim Bao, with his concerns about what Ina was reporting. And he said in a text to Jim that Ina was, quote, a biased troll who needs to be burned down, that he wants to see ashes and that Jim should do whatever it takes. The harassment of the Steiner started in August 2019. On the morning of August 8th, 2019, they started receiving strange emails. They got emails from newsletters that they had never signed up for, such as Sin City Fetish Night, the Satanic Temple, the Communist Party, and dozens of others. The Steiners were also harassed on Twitter. Anna said it was basically shut up or else, and it was as blatant as that. Three days later, they got a strange phone call. They said, somebody left a voicemail for us saying they couldn't fulfill the order for a wet specimen, and David was the one who called. And he said, what's a wet specimen? And it was a pig fetus. That's when I really, my heart sank because I thought, who might be angry at something I wrote? And I couldn't figure it out. I mean, we were desperately trying to think who could it be. We got a phone call from a, a, a shop in Arizona that said that uh, they couldn't deliver the wet specimen that we had ordered. And I, not having any idea what a wet specimen was, I, I asked her. Uh, she said it was an embalmed pig fetus. The Steiners allege they became the victims of a harassment campaign that would leave them fearing for their lives. Pornography was sent to the Steiners' neighbors, but it was addressed to David, so that's, like, embarrassing. Their home address was also put online as location for yard sales and orgies. And the couple was also sent a book to their home address titled Surviving the Loss of a Spouse. And they were also sent a bloodied pig face mask. And there's pictures of this stuff. It looks gross. David said in an interview, it was a death threat and to be followed up a few short days later with a funeral wreath, an expensive funeral wreath. It's only confirmed that these people were going to hurt or kill Ina. So they also sent them like one of those big flower wreaths that you see at funerals, which are very expensive. Um, so the packages and threats kept coming for weeks. Some of the contents of the packages included live cockroaches and spiders as well as huge orders of pizza. The couple were so terrified that they slept in separate rooms so that if one of them were injured or killed, that the other would have a chance to call for help, which is very smart, but horrifying that they had to actually think they to do that. that. Yeah. And I'd be so scared, like, being alone. <laughs> uh, Ina said, when it would get dark out at night, that's when I would really be terrified. So at one point, the perpetrators went to Ina and David's house with the intent to install a GPS tracker on their vehicle. The garage was locked, so the plan was made to come back later and break in to install the GPS. The couple became afraid to leave their house after they noticed a vehicle had been following them. 
One day, David took a photo of the vehicle and got the license plate, and that is what ended up breaking this open. So Sergeant Jason Sutherland and Detective John Haswell of of the Natick, Massachusetts Police Department tracked the license plate and the number traced back to a rental agency where Veronica, Zia, an eBay employee had rented the van. Ina said, I don't know. I can't describe how flabbergasted we were at eBay. I mean, what was an eBay employee doing in a rental van following David? And David said, it didn't take us an hour to realize the ramifications of a public company trying to destroy a journalist. They were attacking the First Amendment, freedom of the press. They wanted to destroy Ina for our publication. The FBI took over the case in June 2020, and then the U.S. attorney, Andrew Lelling, announced the indictments of several eBay employees and contractors, including Veronica Zia. James Bao of San Jose, California, he was eBay's senior director of safety and security. He pled guilty in April 2022, um, and that was also the one who was texting back and forth in the beginning, saying like that they were going to destroy her or whatever. In September 2022, he was sentenced to 57 months in prison. His lawyer said that James had faced, quote, intense relentless pressure from executives, including David Wenning, to do something about the Steiners. They argue that James was a tool who was used by eBay and then discarded when an army of outside lawyers descended to conduct an internal investigation aimed at saving the company and its top executives from prosecution. David Harville of New York City, he was eBay's former director of global resiliency, and he pled guilty to his participation in the harassment in May 2022. In September 2022, Harville was sentenced to 24 months in prison, and five former employees were charged but not arrested. So each of these individuals were charged with conspiracy to commit cyberstalking and conspiracy to tamper with witnesses. All of them pled guilty to the charges, and they are Stephanie Pop, who is eBay's senior manager of global intelligence. She was sentenced to 13 months in prison. Stephanie Stockwell, who was the manager of eBay's Global Intelligence Center. She was sentenced to 24 months of probation. Veronica Zia, she was the one that rented the car. Um, She served as an eBay contractor working as an intelligence analyst. She was sentenced to two years probation with her first year to be served in home confinement in a $5,000 fine. Brian Gilbert, he was a former police captain, and he'd been a senior manager of special operations for eBay's global security team. He pled guilty to conspiring to commit cyberstalking and conspiring to tamper with a witness. And as far as we could tell, Brian is still awaiting sentencing. Been a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then there's Philip Cook of San Jose. He was a supervisor of security operations, and he was formerly a police captain in Santa Clara. He pled guilty in October 2020 and was sentenced to 18 months in federal prison, followed by three years of supervised release, including 12 months house arrest. So he got the biggest punishment, it seems. Mm, definitely. So following the investigation, the U.S. attorney, Andrew Lelling, said the plan to target the Steiners was a campaign of terror. There wasn't enough evidence to file criminal charges against Devin or Steve. They were the higher ups that were texting back and forth at the start of the story, who kind of seemed to put this whole plan into action, but of course they don't really get in trouble. There wasn't enough to charge them with the text that they sent. Um, He said, people say things like that all the time, especially senior people in companies. It's not the same as I'm knowingly joining a criminal conspiracy to cyberstalk a couple in Natick. People use loose talk like that all the time. So Steve Weimer was fired for cause by eBay, and now he runs the Boys (laughs) and Girls Club of Silicon Valley. What a move. I know. <laughs> he said the texts were mischaracterized and that he learned and that he learned of the employee's conduct only after the fact. 
Devin Wenig. He resigned from the company in September 2019. He said in a statement to 60 Minutes that he was appalled at what happened. He said if he'd been aware of it at the time, he would have stopped it. He got a $57 million exit package when he left. So <laughs> not He's only not did sad. he not get in trouble, he also <laughs> got $57 million to <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> I just need to be a scumbag. Oh no, <laughs> for you $57 million. <laughs> um, a spokesperson for Devin said in an email, at this point, an independent investigation has said that Mr. Wenig had no knowledge and the prosecutors in the case have made it clear that James Bow was responsible. Devin never told anyone to do anything unethical or illegal, and if he had known about it, he would have stopped it. In July 2021, the Steiners filed a civil suit against eBay. Former CEO Devin Wenig, former Chief Communications Officer Steve Weimer, the seven defendants in the criminal case, the Progressive Force Concepts, which is an independent security firm, and the case is still ongoing as of August 2023. The lawsuit claims that Wenig and Weimer provided the other defendants with authority to terminate the reporting of the Steiners by whatever means necessary, with defendant Weimer expressing, I want to see ashes as long as it takes whatever it takes. Defendant Weimer promised the defendants he would, quote, embrace managing any bad fallout if the plan went south, further directing, we need to stop her. All the horrific, vicious, and sickening conduct that was followed was committed by employees of eBay and PFC while acting in the scope of their employment under the authority and for the benefit of eBay and PFC. So to date, eBay has not been charged with any crimes. The company said in a statement to 60 Minutes that the conduct of the former employees was wrong, adding that eBay has cooperated fully with the government investigation. The company posted 2022 sales of nearly $10 billion. eBay recently gave a statement about the crime to 60 Minutes, said the misconduct of these former employees was wrong, and we will do what is fair and appropriate to try to address what the Steiners went through. The events from 2019 should have never happened, and as eBay expressed to the Steiners, we're very sorry for what they endured. As noted by the U.S. Attorney's Office, when this matter first came to light, eBay cooperated fully with the government's investigation, noting that eBay was extremely cooperative with the investigation in helping state and federal authorities figure out what happened and to collect evidence of the crime. The Steiners said that the terror campaign stole their sense of safety and caused devastating consequences to their business and finances. Uh, David said, what eBay, the defendant and the other co-conspirators did to us has changed me forever, and I don't think the old David is coming back. Ina said, it felt like corporate terrorism because we were terrorized, and it was very calculated. It was very vicious. Both James Bow and David Harville apologized to the Steiners for their actions before their sentences were handed down. James told the Steiners he hopes that they will forgive him one day. He said, I take 100% responsibility for this, and there is no excuse for what I have done. He said, the bottom line is simply this. If I had done the right thing and been strong enough to make the right choice, we wouldn't be here today, and for that, I am truly sorry. Just like a crazy story to think that a massive company like eBay would send cockroaches and pig fetuses and veiled murder threats to and this so random couple. So many people in that massive company to be part of it and to think it was all right and acceptable. To, right. It's just crazy. Like they all lost their minds. I don't know what, what other way to describe it. It, it was, was like crazy. a power trip. Yeah, and I guess they really thought because they thought they were untouchable because of the size of the company and probably the you know legal resources and things like that that they had. But well, and they probably yeah. thought that they wouldn't figure out who it was either. But the dumbasses yeah. decided to follow them around <laughs> in a car that they rented. Uh, <sighs> anyway. Yeah, 
terrifying. It is terrifying. And I'm glad that they don't, like I know that eBay haven't been charged with anything, but that some of the people involved aren't getting away with it. I hope they win money from this civil lawsuit. Absolutely. I hope they get lots of money. Hopefully it's over soon because I can't even imagine this just dragging out for years and years and years. I'm sure they want it to be over. Yeah, definitely. So as we mentioned earlier, with the rise of social media, cyberstalking is very prominent amongst children and teenagers, and these are often the most vulnerable victims of cyberstalking because they don't really have the emotional tools to deal with it all of the time. Nate Bronstein was a 15-year-old boy who was enrolled at a prestigious private school in Chicago called the Latin School. Robert and Rose Bronstein tell me their son was a new transfer last fall to the Gold Coast's Latin School of Chicago. They say they were never told that on December 13, 2021, Nate asked for a meeting with his dean of students to report that several students were bullying him via a text message thread provided to CBS2 and on Snapchat. The dean listened but took no disciplinary action, according to the filing. And exactly one month later, Nate's father found him hanging from a shower in the bathroom in their home, a noose tied around his neck. Again, he was just 15. We would have known and we would have protected him. He'd still be here today. Illinois law requires that every school in the state, including private schools, have an anti-bullying policy. And part of that policy is the requirement that bullying incidents must be reported to the parents of those involved. Again, they're claiming that did not happen here. I should note that the family says they aren't suing Latin for money. They've pledged to donate any money gained through legal proceedings to anti-bullying and anti-suicide charities. We need transparency into what they did and didn't do um, while he was a student there and after the fact because if, if this can be allowed to just be swept under the rug, then it's going to happen again and, and, and we're not going to be complicit in that. Now, Latin sent us a statement saying their hearts go out to the family, but, quote, with respect to their lawsuit, however, the allegations of wrongdoing by the school officials are inaccurate and misplaced. They said right now they're not going to comment specifically on these allegations, but claimed that these claims are unfounded. He took his life in January 2022 after relentless cyber stalking and cyber bullying. Just as some background, the tuition at the Latin school costs around $40,000 per year. The school has many notable former students, including former First Lady Nancy Reagan, many senators and many successful business people. Nate had previously been enrolled in the Francis W. Parker School and he moved to the Latin School in August 2021. The main reason for the change was that Latin had guaranteed it would run in-person classes and not remote classes because you've got to remember this was peak COVID time. So a lot of things were still online only and I guess Nate was struggling with that. So that's the reason why he moved to the Latin School. His mother, Rose, said he was okay with moving to Latin. He said, I'm pretty sure it won't be a big deal because it's pretty similar to Parker. We said you'll still have all your friends from Parker and now you can have friends at two schools. When Nate changed schools, Rose said that he was excluded socially from the beginning. So he went to the school in August 2021. In September that year, Nate asked another student at Latin about the homecoming dance and he was told that he wasn't allowed to join in. After just two months at the school, Nate was so unhappy that the family arranged for him to return to his previous school. This wasn't able to happen, though, until January 2022, but Nate was happy about the upcoming move and was looking forward to it. So since Nate's death, his family have filed a $100 million lawsuit against the Latin school, and this information is from that. It said Nate's knowledge that he would be transferred back to Parker in January brought him relief and caused improvement in his mental health. 
So the lawsuit document is 66 pages long. I'll put the whole thing on the blog if you want to read it. But for some reason, rumors had spread around the new school about Nate being unvaccinated for COVID. He was vaccinated, but a campaign about he and his family being anti-vaxxers was launched among the students. Things had gotten so bad for Nate's mental health that his mother wrote an email in October 21, 2021 to the school counsellor, Annalise Kranz. She said, I need a psychiatrist for Nate. Nate needs to be medicated. I'm afraid he's going to hurt himself or hurt me. Can you please refer me to one that is available ASAP? There are some copies of the group texts in the court documents that show where Nate was bullied. This one is from December 2021. It has kind of the initials of the kids going back and forth. And basically the premise of the text is that Nate posted online a positive comment about the basketball team of his old school. And the school he was going back to. Yeah. And the new school kids didn't like that. Basically, they call him names. They say he followed a bunch of Parker accounts and posted on a story. Someone wrote, get him out, kick him, fuck you, Nate. He's not coming back anyway. Not cool. The whole thing gave me such a headache reading it because they're – (laughs) <laughs> they're speaking like 15 year olds um do you want to like read some of it i guess well i just i kind of read the first little bit like so one there's one exchange and it ends in rest in piss parker there's another one where nate is actually part of the chat so he doesn't that first one it doesn't seem like he was they were just kind of either talking about him or he didn't participate in that one anyway but there's another one where someone wrote in case you forgot nate fuck you and then Someone else wrote, Nate, I say this with pure respect, but please don't show up tomorrow. Nate wrote, please stop texting about me and gave a thumbs up. And someone wrote, I also heard you through for Parker. If you didn't post that shit on the Instagram, it would be fine. You made that choice, bud, not your fault. Not our fault, sorry. And then Nate wrote, you don't got to tell me to fuck off five times. One kid wrote back, I have a genuine question, Nate. Why would you think it was a good idea? What what do you look to gain? And basically, this just goes on and on. It's so ridiculous. Like, why are you talking? Why are you playing for Latin basketball. Oliver, an Instagram comment. Yeah. Um, So Nate says, I enjoyed playing basketball, but unfortunately I injured my leg and the recovery took much longer than expected. He said it was expected healed one month ago. I was also unaware of my return to Parker at the time, but now I am looking at, now I'm glad looking at the texts that I received. So he's quite articulate, whereas they're just throwing these stupid comments at him. Yeah. So these sex, sorry, these sex, these texts were sent at around midnight. He's right. You're all clearly mad if you're telling me to fuck off at 12 a.m. Because they were, they then tried to spin it like, um, we don't really, we don't really care. We're not really mad. Like we don't, we yeah. don't give a fuck. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, you are all clearly mad. I'm still on your mind in the dead of the night. Move on. I didn't post it. I apologize. So he's saying someone else posted it from his phone. He said, I apologize for allowing it to be posted, but the disrespect is way too fucking far. And then there's some profanity that we won't repeat where they use words that you should And they're just like, we're just joking. Yeah. Joking. December 2021 seems to be when the cyberbullying escalated for Nate. On December 13 that year, he received a Snapchat message from another student in which he was encouraged to kill himself. So this is from the court documents. It says, on or around December 13, Nate met with Hennessy to report that several students, and then that kind of gives their initials, had engaged in a targeted cyberbullying campaign by electronically transmitting a picture of one of the teens giving his middle finger to the camera with the captions, fuck Nate, you're a terrible person. Um, And then it goes on. It also says that, you know, basically this is all happening on Snapchat too, so a lot of it can't be saved or wasn't saved but it was ongoing again by Nate against these teens 
Um, this There's an article on this case from insider.com and it summarises some of the stalking and bullying that Nate endured. They would send him messages that said, fuck you, Nate, you're a terrible person. Um, there was a meme on Snapchat with which threatened Nate with physical harm and that it was received by many of the kids in the Latin school community. It reached hundreds and hundreds of Chicago area students. He also got a Snapchat from another student that said, go and kill yourself. Our son would still be alive today if Latin would have done their job and reported to us what had gone on within the school. That's because they were never told that on December 13th, 2021, Nate asked for a meeting with his dean of students to report that several students were bullying him via a text message thread provided to CBS2 and on Snapchat. One of those Snapchats, according to the lawsuit, encouraged Nate to kill himself. Another used a phrase that's understood to be an indirect death threat. The dean listened, but took no disciplinary action, according to the filing. And exactly one month later, Nate's father found him hanging from a shower in the bathroom in their home, a noose tied around his neck. Again, he was just 15. We would have known and we would have protected him. He'd still be here today. So that was all December 2021. On January 13, 2022, Nate was found hanging from the shower in the bathroom at his house. He had wrapped the cord around his neck as a noose and he was rushed to hospital, but he didn't survive. His mother, Rose, said it had impacted him psychologically to the point where he felt helpless and he couldn't handle it anymore. It's no different than if these kids had dragged him behind the school and physically beaten him to the extent that he was so injured he lost his life. According to the lawsuit filed by his parents, Nate reported the cyberbullying to the Dean of Students, but no action was taken. It wasn't until after Nate died that his family was made aware of the texts, the Snapchats, the taunting from another parent at Latin. And that's a problem, a legal one in the state of Illinois. Illinois General Assembly Public Act 098-0669 requires that every school in the state, including private schools, have an anti-bullying policy. That policy must include information about how bullying should be reported, how it's to be investigated, and that bullying incidents must be reported to the parents of those involved. When there's an alleged incident of bullying, they are um, supposed to notify the parents of of both parties involved. Vito Mendez, one of the leading experts in the country on state anti-bullying laws and their effectiveness, confirmed Latin was legally required to report the meeting to the Bronsteins. Anna Mendez is the executive director of the National Association of People Against Bullying, and she can speak to why notification is so important. Her son Daniel's school knew about his bullying, but she was never notified until after he took his own life in 2009. He was just 16. It's one of my biggest regrets that I live with to this day is why was I not contacted? Why was I not told? Rose said, I want people to know what happened because this is not an isolated incident. This is happening week after week. We are losing thousands upon thousands of children related to to bullying and cyberbullying. The insider did contact the Latin school for comment. A person who answered the phone said, we are making no comment. We are not taking any of these calls. So that I feel like Nate's story is just one of, as she said, hundreds and hundreds about kids who are bullied online, who don't know how to deal with it. We've spoken in the past about kind of sextortion where 
Um, kids will be threatened if they've sent in, you know, a nude or a whatever photo that it will be threatened to get out. This does happen quite regularly. In the weeks and months following Nate's death, students, parents, even a current employee of the school reached out to tell the family they were not alone in their concerns about an alleged cover-up culture at Latin. You don't have to look much farther than Instagram to see public testimonials to that effect. The Survivors of Latin Instagram account is a public account with close to 3,000 followers. And according to the creator, the 121 pages worth of stories involve anti-blackness, xenophobia, racism, classism, sexual assault, homophobia, transphobia, and misogyny. Look, our son was 15, and and his perception of what he can or can't handle isn't necessarily accurate. But that's why the policies exist, and that's why now the law exists to involve parents. The school has to err on the side of a lot of transparency. The, the lawsuit is still ongoing in Nate's case. The last updates online were from May. We're now at August. So there hasn't been an outcome as to the lawsuit between his family and the school and all the other people who are included. Yeah. With a lot of these cases where where um, there's bullying, sometimes you hear the stuff and you're like, eh, it's not that bad. Like, why are they so upset? Like, you vote this, you could be like, oh, like it was just kids being dickheads via text and sure there's like dumb Snapchats being like, go kill yourself. Sadly, people have been told that before, but when you're the person in that situation, it just feels like the absolute worst and it is so stressful. It makes you just so paranoid, insecure, and you're always anxious and wondering if things are going to escalate and wondering what's going to happen tomorrow. So even if the actual bullying isn't horrendous when it's just constant like that, it just ruins your self-esteem. It makes you so insecure you're worried all the time, you're stressed out all the time, and you're also 15 years old. When it was happening to me, I remember I always had like this inner battle of wanting to stand up for yourself, but then also knowing when you stand up for yourself, it kind of throws more gasoline onto the fire and it makes it even worse. So then you try to stay quiet, but then you feel like it sucks having to stay quiet and just let these people do this to you, hoping that it goes away. And sometimes it doesn't, but it just makes you second guess everything you do. It makes you miserable. And then one big thing when I was going through the situation I went through was it pissed me off because like your own friends won't even stand up for you because they don't want to be targeted next. So not only do you have these people relentlessly bullying you and harassing you, you feel like your own friends don't even fucking care about you because they're not even willing to open their mouths and defend you. So you're like, fucking everyone hates me. Feel alone. Yeah, you feel totally alone, especially when it's at school. Like, you don't even want to go to school. You just want to stay home and hide. And like I said at the start, on social media, it makes it so you never get a break. Like, they can be bullying you 24-7 online. And I feel like, too, in Nate's case, one kind of extra stressor, too, would have been COVID. Like, I feel like, you know, everyone has mm-hmm. moved on and it feels like a lifetime ago. But we forget that, you know, people were feeling isolated. People couldn't go to class. People couldn't do the things that they were usually doing. He probably didn't have access to his normal support network of, you know, maybe his older friends as he used to have. It would have just been an extra thing that would have made him feel isolated and alone at the time. Yeah, it's very distressing you just feel like you're being attacked constantly and it makes you depressed and super anxious so i hate when i see stories like this and there's always comments from older people being like oh everyone gets bullied everyone gets bullied but it's just one everyone's different and what capacity they can handle things and two things are just so different now than they were back then I mean, it's yeah. even different now from when I was a kid. Like, we had social media back then, but, like, we didn't have Snapchat. Like, we didn't have 
Instagram was like a newer thing. Now there's so much social media. So I did find some interesting stats. According to the Centers for Disease Control, suicide is the leading cause of death for 14 to 15-year-olds and is the second leading cause of death among 15 to 19-year-olds. An estimated 850,000 adults in the US are cyberstalked each year. 47% of them report experiencing emotional distress. 38% report anxiety and 19% report depression. 78% of cyberstalking victims know their stalker somehow, so it's kind of a bit more of a personal thing. There was a Statista survey cut, conducted in 2021 and apparently 11% of US adults have experienced cyberstalking at one point. Women are more likely to be cyberstalking victims than men. Um, 15% of women reported being cyberstalked compared with 6% of men. Um, there's also a center called the Cyberbullying Research Center and that they did a study that has shown the percentage of students who reported being cyberstalked has risen from 6% in 2007 to 34% in 2007. 2019. According to a study from the National Center for Victims of Crime, over 70% of victims reported experiencing significant emotional distress due to harassment, and 30% of these people also reported experiencing PTSD symptoms due to cyberstalking. With the the PTSD, I was remember when we were talking about threads and how I made a threads. I still will get fearful of like posting things online just because of some of the stuff that I went through of just being bullied and harassed and just wanting to disappear. So even it was hard for me to be more public on Facebook when I first joined True Crime Society and all that, but I kind of pushed myself through some of that fear because it was like a private group where I knew I had control to kick people out for one, (laughs) but I also knew that no one really local to me was in that group, so I did feel safer, and plus it was something that I like talking about and I did meet a lot of cool people online that way. Like you for one is how we met. (laughs) Um, But I do understand like you always kind of when you get harassed and bullied that bad, you just always live with this fear of almost not wanting to be yourself because it really hurts when people are mean to you because you're just being yourself. There's actually an interesting article today about a cyber stalker um, called Robert Merkel. So he would meet women and basically it says that he met a woman once and then he tracked her down online. He, she, he did it to another woman who he briefly dated nine years ago. And today he was sentenced to 71 months in federal prison for harassing five of his victims. And the judge said, if the law allowed me, I would impose a much longer term. So this man, he would do things like he told a woman he replicated a key to her house and was planning to break in. A lot of them fled their homes in the middle of the night. They've suffered from depression, anxiety, and lost wages. He said that he didn't see it as any more than a drunken prank, but he's since gotten sober and realized the gravity of his crimes. <laughs> like This happens all the time. If you just Google cyberstalking, there will be a new article every day about something happening. Um, I just, I don't even know where you can even begin to tackle it. There's just too many resources out there for people to be able to conduct themselves like this. And everyone is just so accessible in a way because we're all on social media, we're all online. And the judge had a point where this is all newer stuff that's happening, so there's not as many laws and regulations. Hopefully there will be soon, but it's still like a a newer. And it's even hard because with one of the things I went through, I keep like vaguely talking about this, but someone wrote me a like a four paragraph essay on how they like plan to hunt me down and kill me basically. Oh, God. And when I brought it to the 
I only brought to the police station because I thought maybe this girl would like key my car or something. And I just wanted to make like a record of it. And even when I first got there, I told the police, I was like, this girl messaged me this online. And before they read what it said or anything, they were like, well, you know, with online crimes, it's hard or like online harassment's hard because it's like whose jurisdiction is it really? Like they can't always prove who it is. It just makes it way more complicated when things are online. But then actually they read it and they're like, um, it's so bad that we're going to arrest her for aggravated harassment. So that worked out in my favor. But with wow. online crimes, and that's even what happened with the Steiners and the eBay one initially, is they were like, it's so hard to track stuff like this and like figure out who it is and like prove who it is when it's online like that. And it's like, what? who deals with it? Your local police department? Because they yeah. probably don't really know. Like small towns are like, do. oh, we have a, a cyber unit. <laughs> yeah, we're a dedicated so. cyber task force for this purpose. <laughs> yeah, and like bumblefuck Idaho. Um, but yeah, it's just no offense to Idaho before anyone gets mad. <laughs> <laughs> it was just at the top of my mind. But yeah, it's just like the lawless Wild West online, it seems like. Yeah. People can say whatever they want for, without generally the fear of repercussion until, yeah, I don't know, and it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, like there's so many blank troll accounts. Even people who message us shitty stuff, like we can't, they're just hiding behind a username. So yeah, nobody feels sorry. But yeah, I could clearly talk about cyberbullying and stuff a lot, but we'll end it there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that this will be a topic that we can cover again in the future um, because there's no end in sight to this type of crime. Yeah, unfortunately. All right, so we'll have a blog on these cases at truecrimesocietyblog.com and you can follow us on Instagram at truecrimesociety. We're always posting updates there on our stories. You can follow our personal accounts. Mine is StephSum underscore Olivia is TCS Olivia. And if you're interested in like ad-free episodes, earlier releases of the episodes and some of the little mini casual episodes we do and things like that, you could check out our Patreon. Um, some people are actually paying us more just because they think <laughs> we deserve it and that we're giving a lot of extra stuff. So very grateful for those people. Thank you. Um, yeah, check it out. And... Spotify, if you listen on there, make sure you're following us. Like, actually, go to our page and hit that follow subscribe button. And you could leave little comments on the episodes and whatever platform you're on. Make sure you subscribe, leave a good, good review, share it with your, your pals, your moms, your grandmas, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Peace out. See ya. <laughs>